0: Welcome to Stories from the Heart. I'm your host, Sandra McDavid. My very first bicycle growing up was a second-hand one bought from a man who refurbished old bikes, and that was how he earned his living. There are many jobs like that today, but we don't appreciate those who cut our lawns, pick up our garbage, or repair our appliances. Today, the story of a young boy who understands the dignity of work, plus the beautiful song, Blessed Are They. seven-year-old boy down the street amazes me, and I consider him a genius. When I first saw Trevor, he was bent over a red bicycle, tugging at a rusty chain, trying to feed it back into the track. Although I offered to help, he shook his head in refusal, then frowned with a deep determination. Finally, he succeeded in the task, and within seconds, he was gone, riding triumphantly down the street. The second time I saw Trevor, he was crouched over a blue bicycle, staring intensely at the rear wheel. He cranked the broken pedal forward, spinning the wheel wildly. He squeezed the brakes hard and nodded his head, then straightened out a crooked piece of metal. He smiled and then hopped on his bike and disappeared. Poor kid, I thought. The red bike was a lemon, and now he's stuck with another one. The scene reminded me of my own childhood. After my father left, I had to share one bike with three siblings. The only pair of pants I owned were torn at the knee, like Trevor's pants. And I wondered if adulthood would be kinder to him than it had been to me. Still, without money to buy a car, I relied on my bike for transportation, struggling to find work. I offered a prayer for the little boy then turned towards my apartment door to go back inside. Just then, my neighbor poked her head out of her doorway. He lives down there, she said as she motioned to the corner. They moved in last week. If you think his bike is in bad shape, you should see his father's truck. I wouldn't be surprised if they have rats living under the porch. Someone should make them clean up the yard. She reminded me of complaints in my last neighborhood. Without money, my leaves piled up, blowing into other lawns. I couldn't afford a lawnmower, so weeds flourished among overgrown grass. Health problems prevented me from working outdoors, which I truly enjoyed. No one offered to help me. Unable to cope, I moved into an apartment in a new neighborhood with yard maintenance contracted out by the landlord. I hope the neighbors wouldn't notice my financial problems and leave me in peace, or else they would notice, affording me patience and help. My neighbor across the street hadn't shown interest in meeting me until now, as she chattered away warning me of impending disaster. That boy is going to get hit by a car. I hope it doesn't happen in front of my house. He seems to have quick reflexes, I said and not much traffic on this street. That's not the point. The father can't even take care of himself, and I've never seen him in clean clothes. Maybe he's a car mechanic, I suggested. Ha, I don't even think he works. He's outside every day rummaging through his junk, probably looking for another piece of rust to pass off as a bike. Have you met him in person, I asked. I don't need to i can clearly see what kind of people they are oh i asked and what kind is that you know poor people ouch i politely excused myself and headed indoors it wasn't supposed to be a wet summer but the rain came anyway the roads were too slippery for bike riding so i struggled as i walked weighed down by wet clothes and heavy bags of groceries i forced a smile whenever my neighbors drove by Waving at me without offering a ride. When the sun did finally show its face, I hauled my bike into the front yard to tighten the bolts and oil the chain. I didn't notice I was being watched until I heard a young voice call out, Whatcha doing? It was Trevor, the boy from down the street. He was standing on the sidewalk with a yellow and black bike. I'm getting ready to ride, I answered. What are you doing? testing this bike for my dad. Testing it? Yes, he fixes things and sells them, and I do the bikes for him. I thought that was your bike. No, none of them are mine. I'm getting them in shape to sell so I can save up money to buy a good one for myself. You know how to fix anything else? Oh, sure. I can fix radios and all kinds of stuff. Really? And yes, he really could, I found out later. You know we're poor, right, he asked, without any hint of shame, and I nodded. Do you know what my dad used to do before he got laid off from his job? He was a garbage collector. People think he's not important, but he is. Do you know what would happen if we didn't have any garbage collectors? Everybody would be in a big, stinking mess. Well, you're right about that, I answered, chuckling at the boy's wisdom. You know what? I'm lucky to be poor. How's that, I asked. Well, rich kids pay me to fix their bikes. They never learn how to do anything for themselves. To solve problems, you know. They spend all their time figuring out other things while I'm busy figuring out how to fix bikes. They're not smarter or better than I am. We're just different. Well, it could be I'm a little smarter than they are. How's that? Because when they're adults, they'll be spending all their money and I'll be collecting it. They'll have to hire me to fix their cars and boats and everything. Poor people are really valuable to rich people, you know. Without us, they wouldn't be rich. Well, somehow I couldn't argue with Trevor's philosophy. I thought about the surgeries and doctors canceled outside our local hospital because of a nursing assistant shortage. A nearby packing plant closed when poorly paid workers went on strike, a large bank found themselves in a predicament until computer workers fixed their machines, and food prices soared when hard-working farmers suffered through a drought. When I finally met Trevor's father, I was impressed by his likable, helpful personality. As soon as he found out I didn't own a vehicle, he insisted I contact him anytime I needed a ride. During one of those trips, he described his work, landscaping yards and hauling appliances to the local dump. The pay isn't great, he said, but it's honest work. I don't charge seniors any fees. Instead, I keep whatever I remove. Some of it's good, enough to sell after I clean and fix it. Pointing to the rust eating away at his door, he joked, Good thing this is an old vehicle. Some of the seniors would have a cardiac arrest of guilt if their stuff scratched a new truck I could easily see where Trevor's positive outlook on life came from the young boys words stuck inside my head poor people are really valuable I felt grateful for students cleaning dishes in restaurants and helpful cashiers pointing out directions I even offered a cold drink to our garbage collector Most of all, I thank God for sending me a wise little boy to cheer me up and give me back a sense of human dignity. In spite of living in poverty, my life truly seemed worthwhile. I no longer felt the need to hide my circumstances from anyone, including my neighbors. When my neighbor's husband had trouble finding any store that stocked the small but necessary part to fix his washing machine, he stood outside and scowled. Imagine that, he said. This big, expensive machine does everything. Senses the weight of the load, automatically adjusts temperature. It can even clean clothes by steam to save water. But it can't do anything at all without help from that small, cheap part. Yes, I answered. The big fish need the tiny fish to feed on to survive. I glanced down the street towards Trevor's house. If you're really desperate... I think I know exactly where you can find that little piece to solve the big puzzle. Really? Well, don't just stand there, tell me. And so I did. The Suchi Receive, O oh Lord All my liberty, take my memory, my understanding, and my entire will. Whatsoever I have or hold, you have given me. I give it all back to you, and surrender it wholly to be governed by your will. Give me only your love and your grace, and I am rich enough, and ask for nothing more. for joining us on Stories from the Heart. Today's story was written by Lydia Burnell and published in Canadian Messenger of the Sacred Heart. Blessed are they by Robert Colchis' CD Great is Thy Faithfulness. For a copy of this or any of my stories email Sandra at AveMariaRadio.net Stories from the Heart is recorded in the studios of Ave Maria Radio. I'm Sandra McDevitt. May God Lost the rest of your day. Missed a show?
1: Not sure if it came from Ave Maria Radio? Go to AveMariaRadio.net. A list of shows and hosts are there. And if you find the show you're looking for, you can hear the whole thing again by going through the Ave Maria Radio Audio Archives. For two years, we've recorded nearly every show from Ave Maria Radio. Just click on the Audio Archives message located at the center of our homepage. Now you even have more reasons to become a radioactive Catholic by going to AveMariaRadio.net.